0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: That's right. If you're interested in winning, you listen to the show. That's all I would tell you. 20 wins, 6 losses, 1 push. That's what we are in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge thus far this season. On NFL picks. Twenty, six, and one. I I I I don't know that any more needs to be said about it. Can I add one thing? Yeah. I'm
3: a little disappointed in the six losses. I want to aim for more. I think the listeners of this show deserve better than twenty, six, and one. If you want to listen to the mornings that they get. If you want to listen to the mornings and you wanna go five hundred and bleed out the juice. You listen to the mornings, you go 500, you bleed out the juice. You listen to this show, you make big profits. And then I need a footnote in there. Uh, big profits, not guaranteed. ESPN, Disney do not <laughs> support anything that Carlin and Joe are saying right now regarding big profits. Uh, we Your discretion just a, advised.
2: We should just have a little disclaimer that we play each and every time you say something like that. Right, like, <laughs> yeah, do not actually listen to anything you're hearing from these two
3: idiots. They're here because they are two idiots. <laughs> But yeah, we're hot. We're hot right now. I love it. Pizza Money's down a bit. I would love to get that turned around. Uh, I know we got Monday Night Moneymakers at the end of this segment or at the end of the hour. So we should be able to put some. Uh, I got to tell you, I like this game a little bit more than I should tonight. I know we'll talk about it later. Mm. I just, I, I'm a little bit scared by how much I like this game tonight. I'm just going to leave it at that. A little scared. Okay. Okay. How can That's you honestly fair. like a Jets game, right? Like, how can you like anything in a Jets game ever? Especially
2: when the Chargers are involved.
3: I, I mean, good God. Is there anything more unpredictable than these two teams getting together? It's like magnets. It's like when you take two magnets and you put them next to each other, it's like, why don't these touch? It's like, well, there's a special magnetic force. I'm like, I can't see it. I don't understand it. That's I, I Chargers' just, Jets. Uh,
2: I just found out uh, today I've got my first couple of assignments for ESPN Radio for the NFL games. Ooh, and, uh, where they sending I, the big man. Uh, two weeks, uh, we will be headed to Green Bay. Never been to Lambeau before. Oh, nice. Very excited for that. And it will be the Green Bay Packers and your coach and mine, Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers. Looking forward to that. Good luck trying to do the math uh, while calling that game. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll bring an analytics chart with me.
3: I'll fourth and one. F- fourth and ten from his own goal line. First quarter, 14 minutes to go. Staley's going to go for this one. Doesn't make any sense. 99 yards away from the, from the uh, other end zone, but... The math apparently supports it. See, if I
2: were Staley, I'd just start bringing the chart with me to the press conference. See, guys? It's green. When it's green, it means go. Green means go. (laughs) And then a week after that, we've got Bucks Colts on Thanksgiving weekend. Bucks Colts. I could do without that one. But you know what? I don't know know if anyone's going
3: to be clamoring to be Chris Carlin that weekend.
2: Well, listen. You look at uh you got 3 games on Thursday. That's that's the problem there, you know. Some yeah. of the better matchups get moved around. So what can you do? There, there yeah. is some. listen, I'm not complaining. Any time I get a chance to do an NFL game, it's awesome. It's
3: awesome. By the way, Wilner, you're over yeah. two trying to get into this I segment. Know. Carlin has just stay puff there, marshmallow man you twice. I there. haven't I, I haven't even heard him. It, he's tried to get in twice and you have just you're Stay Puff walking down whatever street that was in New York City at the yep. end of Ghostbusters. Yep. Big
2: smiling smile on and my knocking face. over buildings. Big smile on my face, knowing <laughs> I was going to destroy everybody. <laughs> Evan, the floor is yours.
0: No, there is something fascinating <laughs> here in that you could, back-to-back weeks, get a head coach fired. Like, you could do the game, Ooh. and that Monday, the coach could be fired. Like, Brandon Staley the f- fired the Monday after that game, and Todd Bowles fired the Monday after they lose to the Colts. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't think either of those things is happening.
3: Staley's not getting The Chargers are going to make sure that if they're paying Staley, he's going to be working for it. He's
2: gonna be working for every last dollar until they fire him. Day that contract expires is
3: the day he's getting
0: fired.
2: But here's the problem, there. Okay, Evan made that so much more about himself and his personal hatred for Todd Bowles. Oh, is this like, my time? Yes. Oh, is this? Th- that's what this. This was the old. This yeah. was the
3: old Trojan horse conversation. I see yep. what happened. You just got through the walls of Troy. Did now yeah. you got. Now you got your little Bowles take ready for us.
2: Yeah, except he ain't exactly the you know the stealth bomber coming in. You can pretty much see where a lot of the agendas come from. With with <laughs> you hate Todd Bowles, the former Jets coach, because of what happened with the Jets. Uh, who else do you, you, you like? There's, there's uh, a, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Oh, he can't stand. Why
3: Russell do you hate Wilson. him so much again?
0: He's just annoying.
2: That
3: and I think feel that doesn't I think feel he good just th- for me. Th-
0: I think Russell Wilson thinks he's better than he is. Like I think in his mind like he thinks he should be treated the same way Tom Brady is treated by the media but he is not that player like he is so below Tom Brady but he thinks he should be treated the same as Tom Brady that bother Hang me. on a
3: second hang on just one beat here are you trying to insinuate that an NFL quarterback with millions of dollars who's married to a celebrity might have a big ego is that yes. what you're insinuating yep. right here yep. color me shocked wow all
0: wow. right, so yesterday, I got to get Todd Bowles. Yesterday, Here we go. Todd Bowles.
2: I'm going to turn it off. You know what? When your internet went down earlier, we should have just given him Go get show. a
4: sandwich. Go get some lunch. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get, get this break. fixed.
2: In the meantime, here's Evan on Todd Bowles. <laughs> yeah, America. Here yeah, I got to grab my sandwich.
0: Exactly. Second yes. down. If you're
2: driving your car, pull over to the
0: side of the road. You're not going to want to miss this. So Todd Bowles on second down in the final minute of the game. Baker Mayfield completes a pass to Trey Palmer. Palmer fumbles the ball. It's recovered by Mike Evans, but they have to review it because they wanted to make sure it was a completed pass because they thought maybe Palmer didn't have possession. Bowles had to take a 10 second runoff or take his final timeout. He takes the timeout. He doesn't let the time run off. The Bucs scored on the next play, and that left 46 seconds for CJ Stroud and the Texans. That was the most idiotic coaching decision of the entire day. Nobody cared because it was Bucks Texans, but Todd Bowles actually did that. It's possible nobody cares
2: now. Uh, yeah, because uh, I just looked at That up was good a rant, joke. though.
0: I'm glad Joe, he got that I, out. I
2: looked up in the middle of that rant. Joe was texting somebody, and I had actually killed my mic. You can actually see that, huh? You can see that? I was that Oh, texting? absolutely. No, I saw it. Tap, 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 right there with your phone. Okay.
3: I'm gonna have, number one, I'm going to have to reposition this camera for the
2: future. Number two, Evan, I was listening. Uh, Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, glad Sirius XM, it. Channel 80. Uh, one of the other... People that Evan can't stand is Mike McCarthy. And the Cowboys head coach certainly did not distinguish himself in that Dallas loss yesterday to the Eagles. And I'm blown away by the fact that within the span of 19 seconds, the Eagles gave the Cowboys 80 yards from their own 16 all the way down deep into their own territory, Joe, in a penalty for pass interference in an incredibly dumb. Uh, penalty on Hassan Reddick for roughing the passer, and then a 15-yard pickup. 19 seconds, this all happens. And the next thing you know, the Cowboys have a first down and goal at the six-yard line, at the six, and they blow it, and they couldn't score. And part of it is they had a penalty of their own. Part of it is the Eagles made a couple of plays, which I think there's a lot to be said for that, especially when they didn't have a timeout back to kind of settle themselves I thought that showed a lot of mental toughness on their part, but a big part of it is the Cowboys are just not a team that is going to make the plays when it matters the most. That is going to be at their best when their best is required.
3: All right. So to begin selfishly, I was very, I was very sick to my stomach at the end of this game. Very sick to my stomach, and it was very selfish because right before the Swift fumble, I had texted the entire group saying, "All right, so we went three and zero and pick them, right?" Yeah, you almost
2: tanked that for us. I almost
3: blew that whole thing because Evan goes, well, not yet. And I was like, stupid, Evan, this game's over. And then literally everything went wrong right up until the end. And I'm sitting there looking at this game and I'm thinking, I am in big trouble if Dallas ends up winning this game. Thankfully, they did not. Thankfully, they did not. The situation was there for the Cowboys. You see, it's one thing to go to San Francisco in a measuring stick game and get blown out. That happens, but it doesn't look good, especially when you're a veteran squad, veteran coach squad like the Cowboys who more is expected of you. You go there, you get blown out, fine. So you try to rehab the image after that. You beat up on some lousy teams, but you get the mojo back, and then you got this game against Philly where you can kind of erase what happened against the Niners by going into Philly and beating the the Eagles, the reigning champs of the conference, the reigning champs of the division, your arch nemesis. It's not like Philly did to you what San Francisco did to you. Philly actually made so many mistakes late in that game. They opened up the door for you to capitalize on that. You didn't have to go win that game. You just needed to let them lose it. And somehow you outlost that game. That's what's got a sting as a Cowboys fan today. That game was on a silver platter. Finally, for once, it was the other team making all of the big mistakes late and you guys were able to walk through the door if you could have just gotten off your rear ends and used your legs to walk through the door. And they didn't. They made too many mistakes late, and then Philadelphia wins. And that's the difference between us talking about the Cowboys as a real contender and us looking at the Cowboys saying, yep, same old Mike McCarthy, same old Cowboys, same old year. No reason to assume anything's different.
2: I mean, the, the Eagles tried to hand it to him, Carlin. Every way they could. Every way they could. But then, listen, as much as the Cowboys couldn't get over the hump. I felt like the Eagles made enough plays there too, Joe. And that's why as crazy as it may sound to some people, just look at what's going on this year. They're eight and one in a very non dramatic fashion. They, they just do what they have to do to win games and they're capable of putting bad moments behind them very quickly. And some people may think it's overstating the situation. That to me is why I feel like they're going to win the Super Bowl. Because they've been in this situation before, and they understand about putting the bad moments behind you and doing it very quickly. All right, let's pump the brakes on the Super. I don't want to do that. I'm coming off. I'm still coming off the Phils. I don't care if you want to do it. I'm, I'm still doing.
3: coming off the Sixers, three-two lead over the Celtics. I'm still coming off the Super Bowl loss. I'm still coming off the Phils from last season. Let's just talk about how they're in prime position to make a run at the Super Bowl. Let's not say they're winning it, please.
2: Say whatever you think. Okay, I myself. I I believe that to be the case because it's games like that, even though it's against Dallas, where they separate themselves, they do what they have to do, and even in making a mistake, they are able to quickly get past it and go and do what you need to do to win. Listen, if you don't want to embrace the winner, that's up to you.
3: All right. You do. You do it. I'll just I'm going to let you do it. I, I I just got too much on my plate right now from a Philadelphia sports fan perspective. I got I'm a Penn State grad. I got Michigan this weekend. I know how that ends. I'm sorry if I'm not going to allow myself to get excited.
2: You of all people should know, having just gone through that World Series run. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. By the way, I want you to start thinking about something a week from, this week. Yes, uh, uh, no. But the following week. Rutgers at Penn State. Start thinking about what a wager might be looking like for that game. Uh, you know what?
3: Top priority. Let me just disconnect right now and get to work on that.
2: <laughs> Typical Penn State dismissing everybody else. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, earlier I asked Joe if the Ravens were the best team in the AFC. I'm going to ask him again, and I want to see if his answer changes, because it might. It's next on ESPN Radio and SiriusXM XM Channel 80.
1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle is a bad step!
1: We know it was gonna be a four-quarter game, but we're saying stay this way field court we was able
2: to get the win. Gotta give them credit. They may have gotten there on Friday, but the Kansas City Chiefs got it done. Getting it done brought to you by Granger. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM channel eighty. Early yesterday morning, especially early for our compadre Joseph, 6.30 a.m. kickoff for the Chiefs and the Dolphins yesterday out in Vegas, uh, the game, of course, in Frankfurt, Germany. And, look, the Dolphins had been there all week, and the knock on Miami has been, well, they haven't beaten anybody good yet. And that is certainly still the case, because the Kansas City Chiefs went out there yesterday and got it done when, once again, not at their best offensively there are a whole lot of questions but joseph i wish people had been paying more attention to this up until yesterday i think a game like yesterday starts to really open some eyes what a job this kansas city defense is doing right now it is a top five defense in the league so a lot of the focus
3: on this show will be around big stories and big stories oftentimes involve drama failure conflict things of that nature we will get caught up talking about poor cultures in places like uh, Las Vegas with the Raiders. We'll talk about uh, substandard coaching jobs like we're seeing with the Giants this year, right? It's not necessarily to knock on anybody or to dwell on the negative. It's just these are the stories, and we focus on the mistakes that these teams are making and how they could correct them. We give our suggestions, and we break things down. Kansas City, and I, I we were talking about this yesterday on the group thread, they just spent Five plus years as an unstoppable offense that has hosted five consecutive AFC championship games, been to like three Super Bowls, won two of them, right? Like they are the absolute pinnacle of professional football right now. And the second, the second it looks as if the offense is going to take a step back, which is what's happening this year, they put together a top five defense. And it's like, if you're the Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, if you're the Bengals, Bills, Dolphins, Ravens, anyone in the AFC, you got to be thinking to yourself, my God, man, what are we going to do to beat these guys? Because even when they show signs of regression, something else rises. Right now, they are top four in the NFL in both defensive efficiency and defensive EPA, expected points added. I won't get into the details on that. It'll bore people, but it's a metric a lot of professionals use as a more accurate way of judging a team's defense, offense, rushing game, what have you, EPA. You'll hear a lot about that on this show because, yeah, quite frankly, we're cutting edge. And but that's not the to dork. pat ourselves on the back. Right. And, yeah, I' bit of a nerd here, bit of a nerd <laughs> But, I mean, what else can we say? Yesterday in that game, not only did the Chiefs refuse to give up big plays defensively, but when the Dolphins could find a way to get the ball to Tyreek Hill, there were always two red jerseys right there and immediately tackling him to the ground. I think the Chiefs tackling was the most impressive thing to me yesterday. They just got Miami wrapped up and to the ground as quick as possible. The yak yesterday, I don't have a number on it, but the yards after the catch, the run after contact, the rack— all that stuff? No, it, it, the Chiefs weren't allowing it. Steve Spagnolo has done an excellent job with this unit, and the organization has done an excellent job de- developing these young guys who last year
2: looked in over their head, and this year look like a terrific unit. Credit to Mahomes who went out of his way yesterday to make sure the defense got its love. The fact that
3: they're so good at all all three levels that they're deep. They, I mean, guys rotate in and they can play. Um, it's hard to get everybody snaps. That's how good they are, and so. Uh, I mean, it's, it's got to be a top defense in the NFL. Um, that's a great offense, and for them to, to hold them to 14 points where I fumbled in our own uh, area uh, for seven of those points, I mean, that's a, that's a tremendous tremendous job, and I think they're going to continue
2: to get better because they're young, and, the, and they love it. Now, on the flip side here, Joseph, I am starting to wonder a little bit about the Chiefs' offense because you listen to Mahomes after the game, and he sounds annoyed with where it is, And it's more of an annoyance of resignation to the situation than one that is in a full belief that this is going to get fixed. And it's with the playmakers that they have outside of Kelsey and Pacheco. I mean, we know that they can run the ball if they need to in certain situations, but the other receivers have not been doing a good job of getting open and they're just not nearly as good as they're used to having. And he, Listen, he's still going to talk up Sky Moore, but let's be fair. Let's be real about this. Sky Moore should be more than he is by now, right? Maybe Rasheed Rice is going to be really good, and he's improved, but he's not where they need him to be. So Mahomes can make a lot of receivers better, but you also have to have a decent amount of talent in there for that to happen. Like, we talked about how Brady used to make guys better. Mahomes can make guys a lot better, but... there's not the skill level that has been there in years before. So it does make me raise the question that I asked you earlier. Are the Ravens actually the best team in the AFC right now?
3: No, they are not. You're still they, going Kansas city. I'm still going to go Kansas city because they've been in the, they've hosted the AFC championship game five straight years. They're six and two this season. Is there anyone in the AFC with a better record than that? No. Right. There's no one that has a better record than that. And while I've seen some drop off on offense, they're still top seven in offensive efficiency and offensive EPA. See, we found a way to get that back in there as well. This is a nerdy show. They're still top seven in those categories. Right. But where they drop off in defense, they're more than making up or an offense. They're more than making up for in defense. Baltimore has been very good as of late. Right now, everyone is in love with Baltimore because they've smashed each of their last, what, three, four opponents. But if we go back to what happened in that Pittsburgh game, we came on the next day and we were like, forget about this Ravens team. Look at how terrible they were against Pittsburgh. Same thing in the game against Indianapolis. So I think when we're talking about tiers, and we always do this in the NFC, but we haven't been doing it in the AFC, Mm -hmm. Kansas City and Baltimore, they may be the two that occupy the top tier. I'd be willing to say Baltimore's up there with them, but I'm not putting Baltimore ahead of them. Beating up on Seattle at home. Beating up on Detroit at home. Very, very good. Very impressive. But not enough to get past Kansas City and all that they've done over the last few years. Uh, It's like everyone trying to put Michigan ahead of Georgia. Why? Georgia's still undefeated. They want two straight titles. They don't lose.
2: I'm not putting Michigan ahead of them yet. Especially when Michigan hasn't played anybody. Hasn't played anybody. But listen.
3: And the the MVP Connor
2: Stallion's no longer with them. (laughs) They can't win now. Uh, Joe, I'm still there on Kansas City too. But I'll tell you what, for a guy that called the Ravens frauds about three weeks ago, I don't know, and maybe it wasn't even three weeks ago, it might have been two. I don't know that I've ever reversed course on a team as quickly as I have on the Ravens. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, they've been very impressive. I, I I think you went to do you feel you went too far, or do you feel you're still just in the moment when you called them that? Well, there's a difference between Changing your mind and admitting you were wrong. I will never admit that I'm wrong. So I'll just change my mind on something. Okay.
3: Okay. That's I mean, fair. it might
2: sound like it's the same thing, and I'm arguing semantics here. But to me, personally, never admitting you're wrong is a very important thing. Do you... <laughs> so, so basically, you are in a situation where you have been presented
3: with new information, and as right. a result,
2: your opinion has changed. Exactly. <laughs> that new information has played exceptionally well the last couple of weeks, so my opinion has changed, but at the, at the time, I was not wrong. Right. At the time, wrong. you were right, and then new information
3: surfaced, and as a result, you are more informed, and now that you're more informed, you're making a different decision. I can People only are idiots decisions. for
2: not understanding that. I can only make decisions based on the information I have at the time.
3: <laughs> so no, I was not wrong. This is like that scene in secession when Greg is facing Congress and he's saying something like, if it is to be said, then so it is to be said.
2: (laughs) Carla versus Joe ESPN radio, Sirius XM channel Andy with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call click or just stop by in moments. Takeoff Part 2 is the biggest threat to the Chiefs actually in last place in their division. Maybe it's not the Ravens. Next on ESPN Radio.
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enough is enough. I have. a
1: In. This plane is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff.
2: Part two the NFL takeoff, where we give you takes on every single game from yesterday. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. You're welcome. Bengals 24, Bills 18. Uh, I'll tell you what, my partner, God bless him, because last week he spoke with as, emo- as much emotion as, much fire as he could he was begging you to get involved and you know what i listened to that begging and i got involved and i even clued in a friend of mine or, or two just to say hey you know who joseph loves joe burrow mvp 18 to 1 that number's going down after sunday night what happened what happened joe Oh, it dropped all right. Not only
3: did they win that game, but Burrow's now down as low as 8-1 to to win MVP. They are back. They are cooking. Two huge wins over the Niners and the Bills. I'm surprised there's not more talk about this, but we'll sit back. If they beat Houston this week, we pad that record, we pad those stats, and then we get ready for a monster showdown in Baltimore
2: two weeks from now. And if he wins that game, everyone's going to be talking about Burrow for MVP. Burrow, 348 yards, two touchdowns. And on the flip side, the bu- the Buffalo Bills are exactly what we- I've been trying to tell you they are, and that is just a middling team. And that last night showed you everything, especially with the injuries they've had. Defensively, they're just not very good, and they're not going to be able to get it done when they're in big situations like last night. And Josh Allen is going to do what he does, and that's turn the football over in big spots as he did last night. It didn't turn into points, but he still did it. 91 turnovers, 91 since the beginning of 2018 for Josh Allen.
3: Problem for the Bills is that right now when you assess them, you ask, what do they do well? What about defense? Not really, and they're banged up. Can they run the ball? Not really, league average. Are they well coached? Yeah, McDermott's pretty good, but its I don't think he's an elite head coach. How about the quarterback? Quarterback solid, but he's playing hurt with that shoulder injury and he's turning the ball over a lot. That doesn't exactly
2: profile like an AFC champion. It does not.
1: Chiefs 21, Dolphins 14.
2: Speaking of AFC champions, the Chiefs go to Frankfurt and they beat the Dolphins. Chiefs got out 21-0 at the end of the first half uh, thanks to Cook's return of the uh, lateral for a touchdown off the Tyreek Hill fumble. And the Dolphins just really could not get it going very much against that Chief defense, which is very good. They cashed in on one turnover, but other than that, they, Joe, listen, offensively, when they have faced a good defense, they haven't gotten it done. And the one thing I'll say is, I don't walk out of that with that same narrative of they can't beat a good team. It feels more to me like they just haven't figured it out quite yet, and that may be coming here toward the end of the season.
3: If you're a Dolphins fan, you shouldn't really feel all that banged up. Your program is moving in the right direction. You're confident in your head coach. You should be confident in your quarterback. You got a lot of talent. You're fun to watch. You're winning games. You might not be elite right now. That's okay. No one came into the season saying the Dolphins are Super Bowl or bust. No, take a step forward based on last year and then next year make a run at it. It's okay. Rome's not built in the night. But it is somewhat concerning that in your three biggest games of the season, against Buffalo, you scored 20 points. Against the Eagles, you scored 17 points. And against the Chiefs, you scored 14 points. That offense is great right up until the big games. So they got to get working on that.
1: Browns 27, Cardinals 0.
3: Woof. I mean, I'll take this one. If you're the Cardinals, you,
2: I mean, at least try to make it look good. We know what you're going for here. At least try to make it look good. Joe, 58 yards of total offense with Clayton Toon. 58. That is uh, the lowest since week three of the 2021 season that the Bears have allowed. 47 yards was the lowest in their franchise history. How about that? I
3: mean, Browns are five and three, and it feels like nobody has any faith in them at all. None. Like, find me a 5-3 team where everyone universally is just like, no, no, I don't trust anything about him.
1: <laughs> Texans 39, Buccaneers 37.
2: One of the best shows that not enough people are watching in the NFL right now is C.J. Stroud. 470 yards, passing five touchdowns for a rookie quarterback. He is just the sixth player in NFL history, to have more than 450 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions in a game. He has been dynamic. It is the most passing yards in a game for a rookie in NFL history, and uh, it ties the single-game record for touchdown passes in a game by a rookie. Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson, a few others did it as well, but that was just a clinic that he put on yesterday.
3: Analysis paralysis occurs when over-analysis or overthinking of alternatives prevents an individual or a group from making a decision. In investing, analysis paralysis can lead to missed opportunities. That is what happened to the Carolina Panthers going with Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. You didn't need to evaluate anything about C.J. Stroud except one thing. Turn on the tape from the college football semifinal of Ohio State versus Georgia last year look at stroud's performance if you didn't come away from that saying this is the best quarterback in the draft can't help you nothing else can be done it was right there for the entire world to see so if you thought you know what that's not the guy the small guy who always gets hurt that's the guy we want to put in that's us carolina analysis
2: paralysis
1: colts 27 panthers 13
2: Kenny Moore, two pick sixes for the Colts. That's about all I got, speaking of Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, the Colts, um,
3: it's like, it feels like we should be, based on how we're looking at the Browns, the Colts are a team we should be giving a little bit more respect. Four and five, they seem to be winning a bunch of games. They're starting quarterbacks out. It never really seems like it looks good, but they've been very feisty. Shane
2: Steichen, new head
3: coach, he's done a heck of a job with that team.
2: Have you seen the Jim Ursay dancing in the oh, locker yeah. room video yeah. yet?
3: It's it's gold. Absolute gold. Too bad it didn't come out right before Halloween. There would have been a lot of Jim Ursays running around.
1: <laughs> Saints 24,
2: Bears 17. Ah, yes, the game that is the argument for relegation in the NFL. The Saints and the Bears. 24-17, the Saints. I, I can't even sell this. I mean, I can't even sell this. I mean, Taysom Hill... Okay, he had a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. He led the team in rushing. He had 40 yards, Joe. I can't get excited about the New Orleans Saints at all. And they're in first place. (laughs) Um, Here's what I would say about that. What we saw yesterday was
3: the first time in NFL history that a team leading a division coming off a win should have fired its head coach. And I know that that sounds crazy because the Saints are leading their division and they did beat the Bears. But good God, what makes you think, Dennis? I mean, instead of kicking the field goal to go up two scores, he goes for it. They get stuffed. And then later it's like, okay, same situation. Let's go ahead and kick now. And then they miss the field goal. Like everything about that, when you're playing the Bears, you don't need to overthink it. You don't need to go for it on fourth and one with all that time left. Just kick the field goal, make it a two-score game, and let the Bears give it away. Thankfully, despite the Saints trying to give it away, the Bears gave it away even more. Shout out to Red Hot Chili Peppers. Feels like you owe us some
2: royalties on that one. Outstanding. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. There is one game left in Week 9. The Monday Night Moneymaker. Next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. Let's finish this. It's time to end the football week with a win.
2: Easy money.
1: This is Monday Night Moneymaker.
2: Yeah, it is. We like to make money. This has not been very good for me, though. So far. Plenty of season left, Mr. Carlin. Plenty of season left. Look at you. You're ever the optimist, and I love that about you, even though it's not me. Um (laughs) Joseph has really acquitted himself nicely to get back on the beam. He is at $101.15 in the bank. We started the year with $100 each in the bank in the Monday Night Moneymaker. I now have $71.90 in the bank, and we give you one or two bets a week for Monday Night Moneymaker, and we keep a running tally on where we stand. So, Joseph, you being in the lead here in week nine, take it away. Three bets for you. I'm going to rip them right off, and I'll give you some notes as to how all of them are going to
3: play. All of these, well, actually, I'll tell you at the end. Jets plus three and a half, going to take the Jets here. We're going to go under 40 and a half total points, and then Justin Herbert, yes, to throw an interception. That is minus 105. Those are my three bets. But I'm going two units on Justin Herbert. So normally that would be, um, so it's 105, so it would be $10.50 to win ten dollars on that one the other two will be 550 to win five so we'll do the grand total i don't want to confuse anyone with the math but here's what it comes down to I just don't trust the Chargers to go on the road across the country, colder weather against this defense, and cover three and a half points when, A, they make a lot of mistakes. Two, Justin Herbert's going to be without two of his top receivers in Mike Williams and Josh Palmer. The defense is questionable, but they have been better the last few weeks. I see him throwing a turnover. The Jets bring a ton of pressure, but they don't have to blitz a lot, which means seven or, or, or eight guys can stay back on defense. So I think ultimately between an improved Charger defense and a good Jet defense, the game stays under. I think because Herbert's going to struggle tonight and the Chargers aren't great defensively and they're down guys on offense, I think the Jets are going to cover tonight. And then ultimately Herbert throwing an INT is my favorite bet tonight because he's going up against a high-pressure unit that doesn't need to blitz in order to generate a lot of pressure. I'll do the math and I'll give you the final outcome on that right after you're done, Carlin.
2: All right, Joseph. uh, I will have two wagers for you tonight. First of all, I will also be taking the points with the Jets plus three and a half at minus 110, $5.50 to win $5. The Jets, this is a team that they would typically just find a way to win against the way things have gone this year. So I expect that to continue tonight. I think they'll actually win the game outright. But just in case, just in case, I also factor in the Brandon Staley is going to help that out part of it. Uh, Joseph, here's the other thing. The Chargers defense is pretty good against the run. They're only giving up about 90 yards a game against the run. So they're, you know, top third in the league in regards to that. They're dead last against the pass. I know it's Zach Wilson. Boy, am I throwing caution to the wind here. But at 297 yards per game, I'm going to take the over, not on Zach Wilson, but on receptions for Garrett Wilson Mm. at five and a half it's a big number five and a half receptions is a big number we're at plus 110 on that so I'm gonna go over five and a half catches for Garrett Wilson figure a lot of shorter passes that kind of thing and uh five dollars to win 550 right there okay. okay so Jets plus three and a half 550 to win five dollars and then over Garrett Wilson five and a half receptions uh risk five dollars to win 550
3: Okay, Evan, I'm going to give you the math here on my three. The grand total is risking 21.50 to win 20. Okay, Jets plus three and a half is 5.50 to win five. Under 40 and a half points is 5.50 to win five. And then Herbert, yes, I N T, risking ten dollars fifty cents to win ten dollars. I love the Herbert I N T prop. I can't emphasize that enough. I want yeah. the people to know how much I love the Herbert INT Prime. These are all official pizza money wagers today as well. In addition to Victor Wembanyama over three and a half turnovers plus 130 and the Orlando Magic minus one and a half. And let me tell you something else to tease ahead to tomorrow's show. Mm. I got a hell of a bet for you. Hell of a bet for you on the ice. Really? There's something happening on the ice that is extraordinary. Not enough people are talking about it. Curling? Carl- <laughs> <laughs> Curling. Curling. No, not curling, although I've always wanted to try that. Figure not skating curling. championships? Not the figure skating championships. Okay. The National Hockey League. Love There's it. There's something extraordinary happening. We will talk about it briefly tomorrow. We will give you a pizza money wager. If somehow I blow that bet, it is going to be an all-time loser for me. An all-time loser. We'll really tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Once I lay out the whole story, you're going to say to yourself, if you lose this bet – you are an all-time mush. That's the only help I, uh, the only hint I can give you. Wow. Wow, now I'm really
2: intrigued. The That's Monday a tease Night Fo- right there.
3: That yeah. is a tease, ladies
2: and gentlemen. If oh, you yeah. want to
3: be a professional broadcaster, learn to do what Joe Formal does.
2: Like, I, I literally feel teased. <laughs> like, now I have to wait 21 hours. I feel teased. Thanks a lot. But this Monday Night Football preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. I, I, I need to spend a minute on this, though. Yeah. Okay. You know, we saw Tua yesterday uh, really not play that great. And I had heard from a lot of the Tua crowd, the Tua non folks, who admittedly I was very anti Tua for a very long time. But this year I owned up to the fact that, you know what, this guy is pretty good. He may have a ton of playmakers. I got to give him some credit. Where are we right now on the Tua versus Herbert? discussion because these two are always going to be linked. And I feel like we are starting to give Justin Herbert too much of the benefit of the doubt. Am I wrong in saying that? Okay. So here's what I'd like to see. Tua
3: had poor coaching, didn't have a great talent around him and struggled. Mike McDaniel came in, they bolstered the weapons around him. He's played much better. Yep. I've only seen Herbert in bad situations with coaching. But I have seen him with
2: talent around him. Like but he, you can't But would we agree, though, he's better in coaching this year having Kellen Moore. Yes? Yeah, he's been. It, I like the coaching some, part of it. Not that he's better. I'm saying the coaching oh, part the of coaching, it. Oh, yeah, the coaching, yeah. Theoretically would it be an upgrade. The coaching should be,
3: yes. I would say that. Yes, it is an upgrade. And I, I go back to that Dallas game on Monday night. You had a chance to win it. You couldn't do it. Like, I've, I've watched Dallas lose other games. Like, it's not like it's. You know, you're not going up against Georgia as our sisters of the poor. Like, you're the Chargers. You're at home. You can beat this Dallas team. And, you know, he turned it over late. Couldn't get it done. So, I don't know. Of the two, if I'm starting a franchise today, I'm still going with Justin Herbert. You have to factor in the injury concerns for Tua. Um, but I think this is much closer than it originally was. Like, they came out, Herbert looked great right away, Tua looked terrible, everyone mocked the Dolphins. Now we're at a point where if you're the Dolphins, you probably don't feel all that bad. Herbert does need to catch some heat. The thing is, he plays with the Chargers. It all falls on Staley's plate, and no one really hands him accountable. It's like you and I have talked about. Nobody takes the Chargers seriously. People use the phrase, Chargers gonna Charger. That's who they are as a franchise. They're kind of a punchline.
2: You know, I look at the Chargers and I wonder two things. Number one, what is it actually going to take for Staley to lose his job? Is it just not making the playoffs this year? They're three and four right now. They're, uh, you know, plus six in point differential. Is it simply not making the playoffs at the moment? Because at at the moment, you got to be in the top seven and they're 13th in the AFC. Or is it really imploding the rest of the way like is it let me ask you this is there a chance that if they don't make the playoffs that we see Brandon Staley as their coach next year Staley's out no matter what I don't think there's any way he's coming back because the contract's up you're not going to give him a new contract yeah I mean it'd have to be a heck of a run toward the end of the year it really go
3: win the Super Bowl sure but other than that I don't you know, you'd have to make it to the AFC Championship game. Getting in and getting beat in the first
2: round is not going to get you back. I'll tell you, they have not got an easy stretch coming up at all in the second half of the year. It's going to be a very, very challenging, challenging time for them to do that the rest of the way.
1: Thanks for listening to the Colin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.